0: we haven't built yeah we haven't built that practice we haven't built uh, something that we're doing into our lives that that nurtures this stuff and really that's i think a huge part of of what this is is that discipline and practice is a form of nurturing yes it's an it's it's how we nurture our lives and what's important in our lives This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art.
1: Welcome to the Law of Practice.
0: Wow, just jumping right into it. Jumping into it, doing a little different today. Well, that's, that's the way of, of everything. It's, it's just always went, a little bit different. No yeah, matter how much you might want to keep it the same, it's always a little bit different. Change
1: is good. Try it out. <laughs> um, okay, law of practice. Law of practice. Um, okay. Otherwise, maybe known as the law of discipline as well. Yeah, They're law kind of, of the same totally. thing. Well, here's the big thing about the law of practice, if you're not jazzed about it yet. Practice <laughs> is what creates freedom. Discipline yeah. is what creates freedom. Foundations, structure, um, building upon something is what actually creates freedom. So, you know, I think anybody can say, yeah, I want more freedom. I want to be free. I want to be able to play. I want to be able to do my life the way I want to be able to do it. And I also want to be able to do things that it may be a more exceptional level or not be so stressed out as I'm doing things. The law of practice is what's really going to get you there. And I think people have funny relationships to practice. And I think we can, we can venture into that. Yeah. Also, if you haven't listened to the law of relationship, maybe listen to that, um, after this, because that might actually help you see your relationship to practice Yeah, because, you know, practice can be an awesome thing. It can be a lot of fun and there can be a lot of play in it. Yeah. And discipline does not have to be this like super hard thing. Like people sometimes have a relationship to discipline. Like it's this negative or it's painful or it's hard. Yeah. And And yeah,
0: you, I mean, yeah, you dropped, you dropped that big paradox bomb that we explored on this before we started recording, which is yeah, this, this paradox of discipline, creating freedom, practice, creating freedom and it seems to kind of defy the whole thing because discipline you think like no you're you're within rules and boundaries and structures and it's not necessarily about boundaries it's not necessarily about creating limitations as it is about creating kind of a focus Mm -hmm. creating um a, a foundation which is really crucial because if we're here's the thing. And, and this is one I feel, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens as, as we always do. But I feel like this is something that, um, you know, I've, I've always kind of, not always, not anymore, but at one point in my life, the words of discipline, you know, like that was, that was a word, as you're saying, like, I had a weird relationship with that word that was, it, it kind of was a repulsive kind of word to me. I was like, yeah, you know, cause for me it's like discipline was kind of like came with this baggage of, of me saying to myself, you're not good enough,
1: Mm.
0: you know, like you're not good enough, you know, like, so discipline was, was this thing that I kind of shied away from and would tell myself this story. It's like, no, I want to be able to just do what i want yeah like you know be free and blah, blah it's like there's there's discipline is not saying that you can't do what you want and you can't not be free it's actually saying like no i want to help you with those things yeah and and it's about really saying like discipline doesn't have to be a hard thing you know practice doesn't have to be a hard thing and you coming out of the gate with yeah like what is our relationship to what is and and hopefully we can we can bring some perspectives to this. And and so we can
1: start to change that. Totally. I mean, my relationship to discipline was you're in trouble. You're going to be disciplined. Mm. You know, my relationship to the word discipline or the concept of that was authority, control, dominated or dominance, um, rules, all the stuff I don't like, yeah. <laughs> all the stuff that if anybody knows me, they know these are the things that I usually rise up against. And so for me to s- sit here with you and talk about how discipline is good for you is um, just testament to how I've evolved my language and evolved my relationship to these meanings. Um, you know, discipline is what creates freedom. But I think for most people, they think they it, that it opposes it. They think that I just want to be free. And so like the discipline feels like restriction and control. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's kind of sometimes how discipline in some ways gets used against us when we don't have it on our own terms. Right. But that's not actual discipline. That's like, that's more like control. And that's more like, um, you know, uh, I feel like that's something that's put on us as opposed to something that we build in ourselves. And I think what we're talking about with practice, practice is a way to take ownership over discipline where you, you set your own internal guide of rules and guide of standards and foundations so you can build upon them. Yeah. You know, like for me, like, you know, people always say like, you you'd be a great lawyer. And the th- reason why... <laughs> because I have because I'm good at arguing but I'm good at arguing is a skill I learned it wasn't like always something I had but th- I'll tell you how I got good at arguing I looked at arguing as this every argument is built on a foundation so any argument anyone ever gives me is a, built upon a foundation so mm-hmm. all I have to do is figure out the foundation in which the argument is built upon and look at the foundation and if I can find a hole in the foundation their whole argument goes out the window so that's always the first place I start. So if I'm working with a client who says like, I can't do this, I go, what is your argument built upon? And if I look and the, and the foundation is built upon holes, then we just go, let's fix the foundation. Then you can do the thing. Right. Cause people also think arguing is about like right and wrong and all that stuff. It's not about that. It, arguing is about helping us see clearly. Mm-hmm. and, and, foundations and discipline is about creating clarity so that when you're later on down the road, you're working from clarity and it's helping you. But a lot of people also look at, you know, just to take this further, they look at um, argument, discipline, um, stuff like that as things that make them wrong. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, look, if you're built, if you're trying to build a mansion on faulty foundations, then no wonder you can't build it because you're working from a you know and so i feel like discipline helps us to build good structure absolutely like it it it's it's a structure but the thing is it's a flexible
0: structure yes. i think this is something that you know because for me, it's like the, like practice discipline, you know, whatever. It was like, you know, as I was even saying that, like yeah. I was, I was bringing like, you know, my, my chopping hand down, like, like, it's like this and this and this and this, yeah. like it was, it was hard. It was rigid. It was, there was, there was no move. It felt like imprisonment. Right. And I, that's not real discipline in my mind. That's not really a like healthy discipline, we'll right. say you know that creates its own set of problems when we're that rigid because then we're we're not able to adapt we're not able to change and and when we have strong disciplines it allows us to adapt it allows us to change mm-hmm. you know discipline is really um it it does have a lot of room like we we were talking about there's a, a great association with with the law of play when it comes to discipline because here's the thing, and and we also include practice in this kind of word, like we're going to interchange those. um, Because I think they kind of, they're of the same coin, but they also at the same time can lend a bit of a different idea around this. And this is where maybe practice comes in, which is that it's not, we're not talking about a final type of thing here. This is, there's, when we practice, there's there's all sorts of associations there of, okay, there's room to fail. Mm -hmm. There's room to to make mistakes. There is room for us to play and explore, see what works, see what doesn't. That is a part of discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline in many ways is just being like showing up. Right. You know, discipline is
1: just uh, an act of showing up to something. Right. And showing what happens, keeping your word, having some integrity, having a certain amount of consistency. And the thing is, is like, you know, for example, um, playing a sport, right? Um, Stick handling in hockey can get very, Mm -hmm. very complicated, right? And there's, um, you know, there's a whole other element of stick handling, which is incorporated into um, uh, hockey, which is you're skating where the position of your feet are and, and, and the pace at which you're moving Mm -hmm. all relates to how you might do what's considered a deke or a fancy move. And so where the puck is in position to your body, like if it's to your right side, your left side, what hand you are based on that. If it's behind you in front of you, I mean, most people, if you can't even stick handle in front of you, both feet flat, straight, and you can't do that, Mm -hmm. then then trying to do a complicated move where you have, um, you know, where you're stick handling off to the right or off to the left, or you're using a backhand or a forehand can get, can get pretty complicated, right? So you start with the first fundamental step and this is like music, right? Like learn your scales, learn your chords, learn whatever, because before you start putting them together, you have to have the practice, the discipline, the foundation to build upon, right? You know, this, you're a guitar player. I mean, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, and, and, you know, I've, when I decided I wanted to learn how to play blues on guitar, like I wanted to learn how to play like the blues guitar. And so I, I found out, you know, okay, so this is just really based around, this scale right you know uh and so i just started to practice that scale you know i'd be watching tv or something i just have the guitar in my my hand and just be doing this thing over and over and over again and the point is and this is the other thing with discipline it's not to this is where again some of that flexibility comes into play because the point is for me not to just you know do a jam and play a scale because then that's just playing a scale right but it's just it creates a kind of knowledge a kind of intuition a kind of um just uh an an aptitude that i can now play with this thing when it comes to a performance or when i'm playing over top of of a melody and suddenly i can do because it's not about just adhering to that Scale, right? You know, and then the practice moves beyond the scale. But I still practice my scales.
1: That's good, right? Not because a lot of it, people do, I'm sure. Yeah, and yeah.
0: and you know, you'll notice like if you watch a lot of, um, you can find all kinds of videos of musicians, and you can say and lookups like they're warm up, right? It's like how do they warm up backstage? And I've seen the stuff of guitar players, and they're back there doing doing scales and doing different exercises, warming themselves up so that when they step out and they they can be completely free mm. when they're in the midst of the performance right and and that's what we're talking about this relationship between discipline and freedom right that discipline creates that foundation and it creates a context for you to to be spontaneous to for improvisation to occur. Right. Because it's not about hanging on to that thing. Especially in art. You know, we talk about this a lot in in acting, like this this applies, I'm sure, across the board for almost any art form but in acting it's just like okay you're doing your work You're work you know you're developing this character you're working on uh, whatever it is physicality understanding getting into you know the emotional state the mental state all of this stuff and and you've done all that work but as soon as you step out there you let it go yeah you like they always say go. it's just like, yeah. like now let it all go because you just that's just got to be something that now you trust is there because you've just been the practice isn't there to be brought into what's happening mm-hmm. necessarily
1: yeah i mean i think like practice practice is what performance is built upon and performance is really just a product of making like i mean and you know this is the thing i wish our society would kind of catch up to a little bit quicker um what is that we don't succeed to success we fail to success mm. and Practice is where you get all the failures out and the errors and the mistakes so that when you come to the time of performance, you've made the mistakes, you know how the mistakes work, so you don't make them anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you're making mistakes in a performance, in a game, it is a clear sign that you're not practicing. Yeah. Because generally, you know, you look at like top athletes, top performers, top musicians, they do a show. They don't really make mistakes. And if they do, you don't even notice them because they have, um, the ability to to make up for it so quickly. You know, um, you know, you really notice this with, um, people that are unpracticed, you know, that they make a mistake and they don't even know what to do because once the mistake has occurred, they don't know how to recover because, you know, um, you know, you watch like, especially like great athletes, if they make a mistake, they often turn the mistake that was made into almost an opportunity. You know, I think that's where practice kind of really um, helps you to find out what sometimes a mistake can be. So like, for example, um, I'm just going to use sports for the time being, but you're coming in, right? Um, Say in hockey, I'm just going to use hockey because hockey is a sport I played a lot of. You're coming in in hockey, right? And you're about to kind of like try to deke out the player or you're going to do something. Now they poke check. And what happens is, um, they poke check and let's say they get the puck, but because you're, you know, because you kind of have experience getting the check, like being poke checked, you already have a way in which you can turn your body around, shield the puck and bring it in backwards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause, cause you know, you, you already know what to do provided this thing occurs, mm-hmm. which can occur. The other thing is, is maybe, you know, they're going to poke check. So you develop a move. And this is a move I used a lot where you, you toe drag, you pull the puck into your skates and then you push it back out. And what happens is you pull the puck away from them. When they put their stick out, it creates an opening and then you can push past them. So you actually go in anticipating them to poke check, pull it away from them, create the opportunity, move through. Um, so I think like practice is one of those things where we can, we can talk about how to maybe incorporate this into acting, filmmaking, um, maybe music sports. Obviously we just did, but let's do that because I think what people can start to see the benefit of practice and then they actually want to do it. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, you know, I know a lot of actors who don't really practice. They go to class, yeah. they do their scene study or they do their audition study. And that's the extent of the practice, but they don't like, like if you ask them, like, well, do you work on your voice? Do you like go home and like, you know, like, and people don't even know, they're like, how do I practice outside of class? Mm-hmm. You know, what I like about your, your model with acting is you're actually giving people practices, which is really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause like,
1: I feel like, you know, I would leave acting class when I was younger and I didn't know how to practice. I didn't know how to practice what we were learning in scene study, you know, because we weren't, we were given like, you can practice in class, but we weren't given tools to walk away with and try you know, and it wasn't until maybe later on in my career where I started to learn that I could do practices in acting. And, you know, that's another thing. And I just want to mention this because I work with filmmakers a lot. Filmmakers so often don't practice at all. Mm -hmm. Like their film is all about making a final product. It's all about performance and like zero practice. Yeah. And like why don't you pick up a camera and just practice shooting a scene or practice your lighting or practice your lens work or practice, um, directing, you know, get some people together and say you direct and then I'll direct and then they'll direct. Or, you know, like I knew tons of actors, um, when I was directing a lot and I would just be like, okay, get these actors together and let's just do it. And everybody directs. And then we learned how to actually communicate to each other, which Mm. is a practice. Because then when you get on set and the money's burning and the time's burning, you know what you're doing. Yeah. But I mean, it built, it's built upon anything, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, I don't and, know. So like, are people here, I mean, are they getting this? Are they seeing the value of practice? Cause that's what I hope people to walk away with. Yeah. And, and that this is not, again, like
0: our, our relationship to what this thing is and to see how, this is something like, again, it's really practice and discipline is to create freedom. It is to um, give you the ability to be responsive and spontaneous w- in the moment to, right. to whatever's coming up. And th- so there's, there's man, there's so much that we can get into with this. <laughs> but one thing I, I, I did want to bring up is that to me, one of... The little things about discipline uh, that it teaches us to do is to really look at what is important to us, what is meaningful to us, because that's here's the it's not just about being disciplined for its own sake. It's not about being disciplined for, you know, having discipline for something that we really have no personal connection to you know, discipline says like, no, what do you care about? Mm. What is meaningful to you? And when we do that gut check, then we actually create, we simplify things for ourselves, which is a very important thing that I've been learning (laughs) as I've been getting older. Yes. You know, is just like, okay, well, what is really important to me? Right. Who is really important to me? You know, the things that I'm doing with my time, You know, this is something that discipline is saying. It's like, well, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of one of the beautiful things about it. And then we get connected to what that thing is, right? Like, where do I want to give my time and energy? And once we start to figure that stuff out, now we create a practice. Now we create a discipline. It's like, okay, this is what's important to me. And now the discipline are, is almost like the structure of actions that I'm taking, you know, to, to move towards this or to be more like this, you know, this is really where discipline comes in and it creates, it facilitates the people that we want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and the skills we want to build and all, you know, because it, it is discipline is not just like a, you know, there, there's not, there. there's a lot of different ways that we apply discipline and practice in our lives. You know, there's how, you know, the way that we're being, there is the the way that we are, are um, the way that we pursue, you know, what are our, our goals and our dreams and our vision. You know, there's, we create disciplines around all of these things and try and create a harmony with it. But mm-hmm. that's like where discipline comes in. And especially for, for artists, like this is a huge thing that we haven't talked about quite yet is momentum. Right. You know, discipline generates momentum. It helps us to keep moving. Mm -hmm. It helps us to keep moving because that discipline is just like, I'm showing up, I'm showing up, I'm showing up, I'm showing up, I'm doing this every single day. I'm showing up and doing this because it means something to me. I care about doing this. This is what I want to be doing with my time. This is who I want to be. So this is why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is, this is, I think, a a big question is that, is that why question? Yeah. You know, that um, that coming back to, to the vision, coming back to the purpose and, and all of it, this is where our discipline is coming from. You know, not it's again, it's not from some want thing. And this is why we have to be very, we have to be to, to have an artist philosophy, to live as an artist in our lives, whether you are within an artistic medium or not, you know, to, to live as an artist is to, is to live with purpose and with vision and to, and to work. I I totally lost my train of thought. There was somewhere I was going with it. This has to happen every single time, (laughs) but it was like having that place to that where we're connected to that's right. Here we go. We're getting back on track. (laughs) This is, it's not about discipline for something that somebody else wants from us. You know, being an artist is about being in very much in, in contact with who we are Mm. with, uh, you know, what we really want with, you know, being aware of the pressures that other people are putting on us, all of the things that, you know, people think we should be and like artists are disruptors. Mm. Artists are ones who are saying like, are, are very often the ones who are saying, hang on a second like, just like, let's stop for a moment and let's look at this, Mm. you know, and then we find an expression for it. So this is such a, a key component. The vision and, and discipline are, are so important in, in this way, because it's not about having discipline about a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter to us, but it's important. So this is why it's important to know what matters to us. Right. Yeah. This is all I'm trying to say. That was a very long winded way of me getting to that, but
1: there it is. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, to sum it up, you're saying like, if you know your why, if you know your purpose, then you'll have meaning in the practice because you'll see how the practice or the discipline serves the greater vision or purpose that you're after. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, I think like, uh, you know, actors, um, or artists or filmmakers or musicians or painters, you know, just artists in general, they get this kind of like bad rap as an artist, like artists are like somehow undisciplined. Uh, they're like airy fairy, uncommitted, like don't really, you know, and this is, I mean, this is nonsense because I think that there's lots of people that are an artist's profession, but they don't live like actual artists. They just happen to be undisciplined un like people who, who aren't who don't practice. And they're like, using the art as a scheme to get rich or to uh, try to get famous or do something for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's an ego driven thing and they're not artists. And so I think like the thing is, is that you have to be honest with yourself about, are you being an artist or are you just doing what it looks like an artist does? Mm. Because here's the thing about an artist, an actual artist looks like they're free, They look free, but the thing is, is that our perception of what freedom is and what it actually is are different. So they are free, but looking free and actually being free are different. So like, you know, I think a lot of people think that freedom is just doing what you want when you want, having autonomy and all of this. Well, that's true, but autonomy is earned. You build autonomy. Like autonomy is built on the fact that you created the situation where you could be free. Like, um, you know, like for example, here's, here's a great one to demystify the whole about the struggling artist, the broke artist, mm-hmm. Well, you're not, you're not necessarily free. I mean, like depends on how you look at it. If you're, if your freedom is, I don't need money to do what I want to do, then yeah, you're free in that sense. But like, um, the struggling artist, like if you're always kind of like, if you never have the money to be able to do something, if you never have the money to get the means to do what you need to do, in some ways you're not free. So your first discipline mm-hmm. needs to be get the money so that you can have the freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. And like, you know, you see this all the time with artists who are like, Oh, I'm doing this job. I don't really like this job. Really. What I want to do is this art, but it's like, well, the, that job is what's helping you to do your art because, look, we all got to eat. We all got to have, you know, shelter. We all have to figure out how to do this stuff. Yeah. And so part of the game, part of the way of being an artist is figuring out the disciplines and the practices you need in place so that you could actually walk that way. Yes. And, and then eventually you get to the point where you don't have to do something that maybe takes away from your time expressing and being free. But part of the discipline is that you do that temporarily so that you can buy yourself the freedom and autonomy. Right. And I think if like, you know, I used to love, like when I was doing Joe jobs, I used to just love every Joe job I did, except one. It was only (laughs) because of the people I worked with. Yeah. But, um, I loved them because they all just gave me more opportunity to do what I loved. Um, but to me, they were always a temporary thing. Like I think what sometimes people get stuck in their job, they feel like they're stuck there forever. And it's like, look at your job. If you're doing something that you don't want to do, like I was selling shoes for, at one point.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, I'm not going to sell shoes for the rest of my life, but right now I'm selling shoes because selling shoes is getting me the opportunity to move to Vancouver, get into acting class, make my movies and do what I need to do.
0: Yeah. Get headshots. Exactly. And, you know, like so pay for, for like some things. It's yeah. a
1: temporary means to an end. And like practice is kind of like that. You're doing this thing in some ways right now so that... You can build onto to other things, but like you don't get to just like jump it like and that's the thing I see with filmmakers all the time. They always want to come in and they want their first film to be a masterpiece and It's like so you're going to just skip all the whole process of like practicing or doing anything and here's the thing like I have some clients that come and they 've never made a film, and like they will win awards on their first film, yeah, but I'm like that film is still practice for you great. You won awards. This is your first film. Like if you keep with this, think about what you'll do. And then some people come in and they, you know, they just struggle and they barely make anything. But the thing is, is like, that's practice for you. That's just where you're at. Mm -hmm. And like the other thing with practice is like, sometimes practice is hard for us in certain areas because we don't have a predisposition of, we somehow practiced in our life we don't realize we did, or bring some knowledge or wisdom from the past. But that was a practice we just didn't realize it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like one little thing just to like to throw in here is that, like, think of like a doctor's office or a lawyer's office. They call them practices. Yes, you know, like, and this is a very scientific. Body of, of work of a field, you know, you think it's like, but we call it a practice because it's an evolving thing, it's a changing thing, yeah. And a big part of this is, you know, you coming up with your own stuff. This is like, yeah, absolutely go and explore, see what other people are doing, you know, like how, how, like, there are, are some great sort of references that, you know, wherever you are and wherever you want to go, there's somebody who's probably walked some kind of path similar to that. But ultimately we have to, again, we're, we're talking about claim your own path. It's about finding your own path, finding your own way. Now you can refer to that, to what other people have done, but ultimately you're, you need to create your own practices. Mm-hmm. You need to create your own disciplines based on what is important to you in all of this.
1: Right. Yeah, you know, it's um it's 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 interesting because I mean I think there's so much pressure on us to in our society to get things right. And you know what I'm gonna just take this opportunity to harp (laughs) on the education system because I haven't done it in a while, I don't think.
0: I feel like we should have like a little Like piece of music that we can play every single time. It's like this this happens. It's just (laughs) like, oh, here we go. And this is Brandon's harping on the education system bit.
1: Yeah. So let me just start by saying like, look, we need education. Education is important. I highly believe in education. My problem is that with the education system is that it makes, um, it turns us, like we're visionaries in my opinion. Every human being, we're so incredible. Like, we can do amazing things. We have this incredible mind and these instincts and and all of this stuff. We can can think about the past and the future and we can create. But the thing is, is like the school system where it works is it creates disciplines and practices around certain things. But the problem is, is that it's like it tries to make practice the end result. And that's a Mm -hmm. big issue because then we go and we come out of school. And we believe that we need our, our, we need to be getting results. And it's like, no, you need to be practicing like, like, and the, and the way they do this is they, they grade us. So like a lot of, um, you know, and and I hope this changes, I hope, you know, in the next you know, if someone listens to this in 10 or 20 years that they're like, yeah, the school system isn't like that anymore. Great. We've won because I'll tell you how it is right now. And how it has been Mm. is that it's been about you get a grade and then your grade is your rating system as to where you are. And it's like, well, look like where you can go. Yeah. That's stupid. I mean, the thing is, is like, really, if we're to maximize the potential of a human being, we're to put like a, a human being in a testing ground what we would want them to do is we'd go okay this is the goal this is what you need to do now we're not going to tell you how to do it now go and achieve this try some way okay then Mm -hmm. they try they probably fail because they don't know how to do it or whatever and if they if they succeed then you give them a more difficult task a more difficult task more difficult task, until they hit the point of failure and then once they hit the point of failure then you say okay now what did you learn? And they go, I learned this, like this didn't work or whatever. And you go, okay, try this. And then they try that. They get a little bit of success and they go great. But then they hit another failure point and then go try this, try this. And what would happen is people would build really strong foundations because they'd start to see where and why things don't work. Because what we get in an education system is we just get, this is how it works, go do it. And if it doesn't work for you, then there's something wrong with you. It's mm. like, um, first of all, number one, this isn't always how it works. Number two, just cause it didn't work for you might mean that, you know, might mean that there's a hole in the system and not the person, but we have this kind of system where we run, where there is a hole in the person, not the system. And like, you know, so here's my issue. This is my big gripe with the, with the, um, education system You know, there's visionaries and there are maintenance men and women. The school system teaches you to be a maintenance man or a maintenance woman. It doesn't teach you how to be a visionary. And so you begin to believe you're the maintenance man. You begin to believe you're the maintenance woman. You're the person who just does the grunt work task. And what you're not realizing is that you're the one that can create the task in the first place. You're the one who can envision and, and think about and, and mindfully do the thing. Now, the person who actually does the grunt work to make the thing happen is a fraction of the job. And I think what my big issue is, is that I just think it's such a shame that people believe all they are is the person who does the job and not the person who actually can create and, and think about what the job could do you know? And I think the problem is, is that, that, that unfortunately becomes your mindset. And then you get stuck in this like small thinking of just like, well, I don't know how to do it. Who gives a shit if you know how to do it? That's what school taught you. It taught you how to do things. Why do you want to do it? Once we answer that, the how becomes irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Like, look, I never had anybody in my family in the film industry, not a single person, and when I went into the film industry, I had nobody to talk to. Nobody to call on, nobody to ask to. I came from a, a school in a suburb where nobody knew what the hell they were talking about. And I went out and learned it on my own. All I knew is that I wanted to be in film. I had a strong why and I cared. And then I went out and figured out how. And then making films, I taught myself how to make films. By the time I got into film school, I was teaching people how to do film. And, the, and I was close with the instructors because in some ways like the instructors were people who were making films, at least in the courses I was in. Mm-hmm. And what we all talk about was the fact that you learn by doing it and you don't know what you're doing in a lot of ways. But there's foundations of film. Like you learn better ways to do things, but like it's, it's an evolving medium, you know, just like anything. And so like, I think like my big issue is that we don't practice because we learned it was wrong to fail. We learned that it meant something bad about us Mm -hmm. and practice when you're not scared to fail, when you don't make it mean anything about you, you'll be willing to practice all the time and practice will become fun because you make a mistake and you don't go, I'm, I'm a failure. You go, Oh, I didn't, that didn't work out. Let me try it this way. Mm -hmm. You see yourself as, um, you know, what's the word, uh, um, like determined or, um, uh, persistent or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah that reminds me of um, a
0: book that you actually passed along my way. It was like the little book of of something or the little, a, book, a of little something? book of something like a practice or of dis, uh, like Oh yeah, was, yeah, so, yeah, like,
1: the little book of uh yeah, I remember that. Oh, what the heck was that? Anyway, go on. Anyhow,
0: yeah. yeah, and it was this one thing of like and it was kind of like a, a cool little thing just for me, which was that you know, if you're practicing something and you're having a, a hard time with it. You're struggling to to execute it. You're struggling to perform this this thing. Um, that that is literally that's literally your brain forming a new connection. Yeah, it's literally your 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 brain is forming a new pathway. So whenever I would like come up to like I was trying to learn something new on like guitar or, or with anything, you know, I try and have that presence where I'm just like when I catch the frustration and it's be like, oh, and it's like, oh, and it's like, you know what? It's all right. I'm forming a new pathway in my brain net right now. Like there is something that is occurring to me, uh, on, on an actual physiological level, physiological, neurological level. There is something that is taking place right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, and it's just like, and it's just about strengthening that thing continue and everything is difficult until it becomes easy right as i've once
1: well or that's twice and that's what practice before. is everything is difficult until it becomes easy that's what practice is you practice 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 it's hard it's hard it's hard until it becomes easy and then you move on to a new practice and a more evolved practice or whatever and then based on all of those practices that used to be hard to do they're all easy and then all of a sudden the more complex thing that is based upon those practices is easy You remember that game, Guitar Hero? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I remember when I first picked up that game and I was playing on, like, Easy and it was hard and I remember being like, how the hell does anybody move to, like, medium or hard because then you had to use four threats and then five. Yeah. And then I was like, How the hell they just... I can play... Like, just so everyone knows, I can play Guitar Hero on, like, the hardest difficulty, and I can play some of the most difficult songs. But what happened was, I played it and played it and played it in practice, and my finger dexterity, like, just got so good that eventually I moved on to four, no problem. And then... I could literally sing some songs and play the game while watching the while watching the chords come by. Like yeah. it's different than playing guitar because you actually have to watch the buttons come by. Yeah. Like I didn't memorize them, right? And basically it was just practice because basically you just form the ability in your mind to be able to do it, right? And like, of course, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, just like anybody would. And then eventually you just become good at it and you can do things you know, and you can get like songs at like a hundred percent in this game. Yeah. Things that you thought were impossible in the beginning, but that's what practice is. And so, like practice is, you know, you can gripe and be all bent about like, oh, I have to practice and all that, or you can just be like, okay, this is what's necessary for me to do what I want to do.
0: Yeah, it's part of the process, right? Right, as we've we've talked about before, and you know, one of my my favorite things on on process. And again, like we've, we kind of said it's like, Oh, well, you know, practice is this one, one area and this discipline is this one area. And then it's kind of, you throw it out to a degree, but there's also an element that I feel is still retained in all of it. Like that, that you retain through all of it. Um, and I've always loved using this quote, by Daniel day Lewis, who, in this interview, he was talking about how he, he got, he gets so, annoyed about doing this sort of behind the scenes stuff like while they're in the middle of of shooting you know like they're making the film and they'll pull him off to the side when he has a moment kind of thing and be like oh like like tell us about you know what was your process and and whatever and his response is like i'm in the middle of the frickin' process you know (laughs) like it's it's not done yeah you know so this is kind of like a a wonderful way that we can incorporate the sort of this idea of play process, practice and discipline, how it, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant thing. It's, it's this idea of, of, of saying that you're never done exploring. Like it's always still like it's, there's always a bit of a, of a question mark. that's going on in this whole thing where it's just like, yeah, I know I'm heading in this direction and I know I'm showing up to do this. That's the discipline part. But part of the showing up is also part of the, is, is, is being present is about, is about seeing the feedback and getting, getting the information you need to adapt, to learn, to grow. You know, it's, it's, again, it's not just about continually like beating your head against the wall. It's about trying things out, mm-hmm. you know, continually always trying things out and, and, and saying that you don't necessarily have a a, a final answer to everything, which, I you, mean, we, yeah. we have yet to do our, our episode on the law of completion, which is like, it's an important one, but there's always kind of a a thing with that one. It's going to be a goodie. When it's going to be a good one when we get there. You
1: brought something up interesting for me because you said we're never done exploring, which we, you know, I mentioned, is there a law of exploration? And you were like, that's the law of play. And I'm like, that is the law of play. It's the law of give and, and flex. Right. And um, the thing is, is when we think we're done, we stop playing. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that you notice this with adults, like how many adults, do you know, play, you know, kids play. Kids are always exploring. Kids are always practicing and learning and trying things out. But adults, they're like, oh, I know this. That's another issue with the education system that you know shit. Forget that. You, you know, you know nothing. Here's the thing. I know nothing. We know nothing. We know so little about what actually is going on, how things work. But wisdom is knowing you don't know. And wisdom is the wisest people are the most playful. The wisest people and if you're truly if you're a phony wise person, you act like you know stuff. If you're a wise person, you know you don't know and you impart what you what has worked. You impart what you're working with. What you're working with is different Mm -hmm. than what you know. So like, you know, like anything, you know, um, for example, say someone's about to start a business and they go, who am I to teach it? Well, look, who are you not to what you need to do if you're really a wise person, right, is you go, I'm working with what I have right now and then I will get better and I will get better and I will get better. And even when you're at your very, very best, you can still get better. And and the reason why it's so important is like if you are at your best, if you've reached the completion, the final part of it all, then you will no longer play and life begins to suck. But I think what happens is, unfortunately, people go through school, they go through all this stuff and they think, okay, once I get here, then I've made it. Once I accomplish this goal that I have made it, once I get a house, I've made it once I get married, I've made it. And they keep trying to get to this place of completion or finish or whatever. And it's like, no, man, like life is about a constant learning process of exploring and figuring out and playing. Like, think about if you did practice from a state of play that you did performance from a state of play. Because here's where I, I remember when I used to get stressed out as an actor in in class, I did genius shit. But then in like, uh, you know, on set or like in an audition, not so much. It was not. And, and you know, teachers were like, what's going on? Right. The thing is, is, my play was not occurring in a lot of my auditions and my performances because you know, it felt like it needed to be this perfect thing, and I don't think performance is about perfection. Performance is about yeah. play and freedom. It's just that you have enough practice so that you don't necessarily make mistakes playing. But but practice is about play. But the difference is is that you don't know what's a mistake yet. So in practice, you find out what is, so that in performance, you don't have to.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and also, I, I in many ways, it might be it might. Be- there there might be some differences in, in how, how this plays out in different forms. But I mean, for, for actors, like one, one game changing thing that like, that I learned later on was that, you know, my sense of even what a mistake was, was massively skewed. Mm. You know, it's like, because if I'm in the middle of doing a scene with someone and something happens and I was like, that was a mistake, right? like I've, I've, I'm, I'm making the situation worse as opposed to just being like, well, that just happened. Like that just happened. And now it's just becoming a part of it. And this is the law of presence. And this is the law of presence. And, and this is you know and again like having gone through rehearsal and practice doing the things i need to do having the lines as 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 down as i need them to be um knowing what it is that i'm doing in this scene what's going on in this scene right having worked on that stuff but now in the moment something's happened that was not rehearsed mm-hmm. was not but like at one point it's like oh you know there was there would maybe be a part of me that said like oh that wasn't supposed to happen that was a mistake and now i'm kind of fumbling trying to like steer things back on track as opposed to learning it's like oh that just happened right now that's so all right that's happening now it's just instead of fighting it it's now just become a part of what's going on now acting might present i mean that's maybe a different thing to talk about but might present a unique kind of a unique sort of creative element to it in that way where it's like, yeah, that happened differently, but we can just work with it as opposed to, you know, if you if you play a wrong note in in like music, you know, that kind of notice like that's noticeable, but you can you know, you can just start playing. Continue to play the music. Well, I
1: think you right? know, but I think you're talking about things you can control and things you can't control, right? We have a lot of mm-hmm. control, don't we? Um, I'm not sure if we do. Well, you know, there's things that are that within seems our a little bit, bit,
0: bit uh, suspicious to me. But anyhow,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we do either. I don't remember if we ever talked about it. But there's things you can control and you and you're not able to control. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you're enacting, right? and you're in a scene with another person, there's a whole other person who has a whole other internal world and a whole other life going on. For you to try and predict how that's going to go is so naive and so silly. I mean, just like in sports, it's Campello. There's usually another team or another player or something. I mean, you don't control that. And what makes it fascinating is because you're not in control of that. You
0: know, yeah, there there are so many uh, factors that can that can play into all of this, right? Like it's it's if everybody knew exactly what everyone was going to do at all times, like then. I mean, art would be so boring. Yeah. Sports would not be exciting. You know, some people don't find sports exciting anyhow, but that's besides the point. Like if we always knew, like nothing would happen. Nothing would occur you know like you were talking about hockey it's like if, if both teams sat there and they knew exactly what was going to happen and were able to respond to it exactly as was necessary then it would nothing would happen and would yeah. be so like the the very fact that like that goals are scored that you know hits are made and that people fall like this is all because there that's all because there are so many unknown factors there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. And you say, okay, these are tendencies that seem to to happen with this specific team, you know, and whatever. But eventually, you step in, and it's like, oh shit, they did something that we didn't didn't see before,
1: or we didn't. And you practice know. is your ability to respond. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is we didn't, we don't, we watch sports. We don't know the score. We don't know how it's going to end. We watch movies. We don't know how it's going to end. And that's part of what matters. And that's Hopefully. because, there's, <laughs> you know, mostly right. I think, but the thing is, is that the variable, like the, the unknown is part of the thing that's really interesting. Um, you know, like, look at relationships, you know, like you're with a whole nother person. They have a whole nother life, they're bringing to it. And that's part of what makes it exciting and interesting, you know? And, um, I think like, Practice is just, you know, it, it sharpens your ability to respond to things that you don't necessarily control. Use the m- music analogy. Well, if you're playing guitar or piano or some instrument, I mean, you control the instrument. The instrument doesn't have a mind of its own. As far as I know, it's an inanimate object, but it has a certain thing that it does. Mm-hmm. So if you make a mistake with that, that's your, um, inability to control the thing that is designed for your control but like if you're playing music with a band you don't necessarily your other band members could do something different your ability to respond to that like jazz you know is all about your ability to respond to your other members in your outfit in your band right but like the actual instrument you play you that's something where you don't make a mistake with because you have control over it and I think like you know practice is you're like, like if you like, if you're playing hockey and you lose the puck or you're playing some, you're dribbling in basketball and you lose the ball without anybody checking you just because you couldn't dribble it or, you know, stick handle it or whatever properly mm-hmm. that's on you because, you know, that's something you can practice and control. But like if someone else checks you and they did it in a way that you didn't expect you're when you play a game, you're practicing against the other player but you're performing under your own control. So you shouldn't be losing the puck or losing the ball or losing whatever the thing is without someone creating a new obstacle. But if you are, then you need to go back to the practice rink or whatever. I'm using, I keep seeming to go back to hockey. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Well, you, you
0: you brought up something that I hadn't even (laughs) considered. And maybe we're a little bit late in the podcast for this one, but you know, it's, you brought up relationships and that just made me realize like, I, you know, I've been with my wife now for over six years. Um, and there is kind of certain disciplines that have come out of that relationship, you know, r- disciplines that we share, like disciplines that are like the ways that we communicate with each other and, you know, doing things like, all right, you know, we have a day every, we have like kind of like a date day every single week, you know, where we make, make time. Like that's a discipline. That's a discipline. That's a discipline to say once a week is a day that we do something together for sure. In, in all of the stuff that's going on, we say there's a day that we go and we do something. (laughs) And this is, and, and as well as like things like we communicate, and this is an angle I hadn't even considered actually when we started this, which is that Discipline is has a tremendous capacity to remove conflict. And I think this maybe plays into getting clear on the things that we want, you know, cuz like why do me and my wife have a date day? Well, it's because we value time that we spend together going and and doing new things with each other or, you know, spending, you know, having time with each other where we're not distracted by anything else. That's something we value, so we've created a discipline as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Having effective communication where we're not, you know, not necessarily arguing, but where we're not where we're communicating clearly helps us to, um, helps us to find, to, to, to resolve things quicker, you know, challenges that come up quicker by having certain ways that we communicate with each other. So there's this whole other angle of discipline that I hadn't even considered when we started this, but it's absolutely there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, so discipline is, a, is, I, and I think it has a lot to do with, yeah, that whole thing of clarity you know, what is this, dis- Where has this discipline been born out of? What is this practice born out of? Because it is important that we're not, and I know we're kind of coming back to something we we're saying before, but like, there is something that these disciplines are upholding. You,
1: you know, know, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting, because you look at these, like, 50 something plus relationships end in divorce, you know, now marriages and stuff, right? I mean, I would bet that most of the relationships that end in divorce don't have very good discipline or practices. I would be willing to bet if you looked at it, they didn't make time for each other. They didn't figure out um, ways or consistent elements to build a foundation of how they could communicate with each other. They didn't do this stuff. And... If you go back to it, you go, well, you know, this person felt neglected, this person felt abused, this person felt whatever, and someone had a problem, all because there was a total lack of discipline and practice in whatever they were doing. And it doesn't matter if it's a relationship, uh, an activity, or anything you're doing. If you don't have discipline, the foundations are faulty. And if the foundations are faulty, the mansion, the tower, the empire crumbles, because empires are built on foundations relationships are built on foundations everything you as a person is built on a foundation
0: and that foundation is created through practice, practice and discipline. discipline yeah yeah and it's like and you think of like when when couples you know are they, they go to couples therapy because something isn't working what what are what are these therapists? doing They're essentially like you know they're helping people find communication and like bring some stuff out to light for sure. but it's it, it can't just be that. like there's they give these couples tools, you know? Which are essentially these tools or disciplines, or practices like, right. or practices, where yeah. it's just like okay, get in the practice of when something like this happens, express yourself in this way, right? You know, or when something like this happens, count you know, to ten. like <laughs> yeah, like here are just some some again, and these are like we're talking about these are some ideas, and you start to develop your own practice. But the thing is, like you've got to give it a place,
1: mm-hmm. you know, and. I think the thing with practice and discipline is that there's a few things about it. It needs to have consistency. It needs to be simple. Yeah. And it needs to be something that, um, you know, that you can build upon. So I wanted to ask everyone a question. I thought this was a good question to leave people with that they could kind of walk away with. Um, but my question was, what's the one thing you could do over and over that would dramatically improve you and your ability in what you're going for. And I think, like, we can just go anything that you want. What's the one thing you could do over and over that would improve you and your ability to get what you want or whatever to make whatever happen if you just did it? Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you, great, great, great example one day a week, right? I mean, that's only 52 days a year. Yeah. You know, with the person you're spending the rest of your life with, you know, so like people are doing things all the time where they're not making any time for their partner. They're neglecting their partner. It's all work, 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 or whatever, whatever. And you know, you're wondering why friendships fail or relationships fail, or you're not achieving the goal you have at this activity. Well, how much time are you really putting into it? Mm-hmm. What are your hours in? Cause hours in is such an important part,
0: right? Yeah. Or you find yourself, you know, in a loveless relationship. You know, not just in and I'm not just talking about between people, but like, you know, we did a we had a recent episode on relationship. And it's like your relationship to to yourself, your relationship to uh your your career, what you're doing. And if we don't create disciplines out of this, we create a loveless relationship. Yeah. In that situation, like like just think about that. Like this is like there, there are so many ways that like, even for myself, like this discussion has been like opening up some new things for me about, you know, the importance of discipline, you know, because like discipline actually as, as kind of, again, as hard as, and a rigid an idea that, as that might kind of initially sound in some people's minds, it's like, if we don't have discipline, we'll find ourselves in all kinds of loveless relationships in our lives. Right. With everything in our lives, because we haven't built, yeah, we haven't built that practice. We haven't built, uh, something that we're doing into our lives that, that nurtures this stuff. And really that's, I think a huge part of, of what this is, is that discipline and practice is a form of nurturing. Yes. It's an, it's, it's how we nurture our lives and what's important in our lives.
1: I love how you brought that word in nurture. It's such an important part of the whole thing. You know, you you nurture when you practice. You you water the plants, you you feed your child, you do the thing. And that's why I incorporated meditation into my life. And I just take, you know, I always take at least at least at the very minimum 10 minutes. And you would be, I mean I know you do it, but People would be amazed at how much just being with yourself for 10 minutes every day, how valuable that can be. And, and sometimes I'll do more, but I always make sure to carve out at least 10 minutes every single day for just me being with me. Because I feel like, and this is a recent awareness I had, is I feel like it's so easy to get distracted
0: chasing
1: mm. and trying to do all this stuff. Practice in many ways gets you centered, and gets you connected to whatever it is. You know, if it's being with you, you get connected. If it's working on your skill or ability, you get connected. If it's working on your relationship or developing that, you get connected, right? And like, I don't know if there's a law of connection. I keep feeling like there's these, these things that are related and they're Mm -hmm. in this, you know? Anyway, what do you think of this beer? This is pretty good. Yeah, I've been enjoying this Uh, and this is one like,
0: you know, we've drank a lot of different beers. Like if you go all the way back to when we were doing the B and E podcast. Yeah. And this is a new one that we've never had before. So, I mean,
1: I picked this one out. Uh, so I like it by the way, you like it. It's nice. It's a, well, I always love half of Eisen's and, um, this one's it's sweet. It's got a real nice flavor to it. I mean, for, for me, I would say it's, I mean, and I like it but it's one of those ones where I would probably have one or two, and then I would probably want to move on to another beer just because it is so flavorful. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I really like
0: it. Yeah. Well, this is, um, so this is a raspberry honey half of bison, uh, from Fomers Folly Brewing Company in Pitt Meadows, British Columbia. And, uh, yeah, it is, it's really good, but I hear what you're saying. It's like, and I find that with almost any kind of honeyed beer but this one has the added thing of the raspberry in it mm-hmm. which is like yeah it's like there's a l- lot happening in it um it's so good but it, it is one of those ones where it's like yeah you know you could have a couple of them and then i'd feel like i'd want to switch up to something a little bit lighter you know like a yeah. little bit kind of crisper and just like and
1: yeah because yeah, it's like it's it's to me this is like what i'd almost call like a, a treat beer it's like it's like I'm almost giving myself a treat, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, you, you, like, I don't know how many chocolate bars you could eat in one sitting. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of yeah. like that. It's like every once in a while, I might have a little bit of a chocolate bar or have a chocolate bar or something. Like I ver- do it very rarely, but when I do it, it's a nice treat. Mm-hmm. To me, this beer is one of those things where it's like, this just, it's nice. It's like a nice rewarding little treat, but it's like, how much can you have of that? You know, before yeah. you're
0: like, yeah. Cause it's like, it's, this is a wonderful beer for like a, yeah, like a summer, summer day and you yeah. have, have one or two of these and you're just absolutely golden.
1: I think sometimes, it. you know, with, with craft beers where they bring in a lot of different flavors into them, they can be like that a little bit, you know, it's like, and that's why you, you know, the craft beer thing is so much about trying different different brews because you get to kind of flex your palate and, and go around with it. Um, mm-hmm. by the way, for anybody listening, this is not an ad. We just have beer on the yeah. podcast. I always like to say that because people were like, what the hell they're all so talking about. Just beer. Suddenly
0: talking <laughs> about beer. Yeah, no, we're not sponsored. It's just kind of part of how this podcast came, came to be, um, it was just conversations, uh, over that, beers, over beers. Yeah. So we just kept the beer cause
1: that's great. Uh, <laughs> you know, this, uh, this episode, um, for me, at least uh, talking about it flew by, um, you know, I think I'll just wrap up my thoughts on mm-hmm. practice. You know, I look at practices, taking something that's meaningful, important to you and carving out some time for it. And, yeah. you know, and looking at it as this thing, that's, I loved how you use that word nurture. You're nurturing something to build something more out of practice. And so like you know, if you're ever doing something and it's not really working for you, or you want more out of it, or you want it to be better, look at a more simple foundational practice you can incorporate. And I promise you that if you do that after a while, you will move beyond it. And that will lay a strong, certain foundation for you to move forward. And the other thing I'll say is that all arguments are based upon practice. So if you're ever making an argument for your limitations. Like, I don't have enough money. I can't do the thing I want to do. Look at the foundation in which that's built upon, because it's probably built upon a faulty practice or a lack of practice and a lack Mm. of nurturing. Like, and that's, that's just a big, I think, important awareness for people to have, because if anything in your life is not working, go back to the foundations of practice you're probably not practicing. You're probably not disciplined around something simple. And that's causing the problem because you're trying to do a complex step without a simple foundational practice or discipline in place. Beautiful. That's what I got. Yeah, no, that's great. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean,
0: where do I want to, uh, take this? Well, I mean, for me, there were some genuine surprises out of this one and that, word nurturing just kind of po- poked in there like it wasn't something I had, I had planned on but it was just kind of an awareness that happened to me in the moment and it's so this whole thing with discipline is like yeah for me it's like let's change our relationship to what this is and hopefully we've given enough food for thought and incentive as to why we should maybe examine what this is if you have a hard time with this because um, I, I know a lot of people do I know I did I had a hard time with with that word. And it was something I resisted. And really discipline is, I would say, start off for what are you showing up for? What do you want to show up for in your life? And once you answered those questions, why are you showing up for that? Why is that like, why is that an important thing to you? Right. Just to make sure that it is something that is important to you. And if it is something, if it's not, that's fantastic. You can just throw it away. You've just simplified your life. (laughs) You've already gained one gift from discipline, which was the discipline to examine.
1: Mm.
0: But continuing on. (laughs) And if that is something that's important to you, that now that building that practice, that discipline, that is nurturing that thing that is important to you. It is, Mm. it is cultivating that it is helping it grow and thrive. That is what you, you are doing and that it can be, that it can be a playful part of our lives. And it doesn't have to be something that's so scary and confining.
1: Mm. I love how you brought in, uh, like the nurturing and the why, because that's what you're doing with practice. You're nurturing your, why you're nurturing your purpose. And that's such a cool way to look at it because I feel like, you know, practice can be this, like we can begrudgingly practice, you mm. know, or it's like, Oh, I got to practice. And it's like, but if you know why practice can be so much fun, it can be play. It can be yeah. exploration. It can be this great thing. And I think like, you know, if, if, if people could walk away from this and going like, I'm just really going to know why I'm practicing and really enjoy it. And if I'm not enjoying it, maybe ask yourself why you're even doing it. Just, you yeah. gave, gave people kind of a great way to like, you know, um, have checks and balances with practice. Yeah. Cause I feel like sometimes we're practicing things that we don't really care about or want to
0: do. Definitely. And it's important that we're not doing practicing towards things that we don't give a shit about. Yeah. And, uh, and, I think another part of it, too, is that like, you know, even if we know it's something that's important to us, um, there there will probably still be those days where we're just like, Ugh. you know, like we'll hit that thing. We're just like, oh, I don't want to. I just kind of want to whatever. But that connection is still that thing that will say, she's like, but you know what? This is important to me. So I'm going to sit down and work at this for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is you know, and that's how we keep the momentum going. And that's Mm -hmm. how we keep nurturing it, even in the moments where we're not at our best.
1: You know, I'd love for just to finish this off for you to share that quote, um, about, uh, the scientist and his daughter who was talking about him.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Did we, I, did we write down the name of the, no, it was like a Woodward or something like that. Yeah. So basically, um, there was this Nobel prize winning, Uh, organic chemist or something and he um and this was something that his daughter said of him of how he ran his labs and stuff and uh and it was to create the context for the spontaneous to arise and yeah it was like that's like
1: what practice is what You, you create the context for spontaneous to arise and like You know, you, you practice, practice, practice so that when you get to that moment, the spot, you can be spontaneous. You can be free. Yes. Yeah. And like this coming from a scientist. So there's an art to science, you know? And I think like way of the artist isn't just for artists. It's, it's, it's a philosophy for life because even a scientist is based out of practice, you know? And the thing is, is like, you know, I know this from studying like so much psych and, and, uh, you know, we just would run experiments and then you'd find out, you know, you'd find out information and the spontaneous would occur, but you did all the right practices so that it could. And it doesn't really matter where you're in. I mean, in some ways I'm like, why do we like call people scientists or artists like school does that where it's like, you're in science or you're in art. It's like, no, they're the same thing. Like they both have the same thing. It's just to
0: to block, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> block people off into their own little thing. This is who you are, and this is who you are. And this yeah. is you are. Anyway, that's a separate conversation. So yeah, we won't get into well, it. Well, thanks uh, for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also
1: support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.